Hi, you're listening to the Rav Desla Pasha podcast with me, Avram Ziedman. Join us as we weave together philosophy, psychology, and Kabbalah to uncover new depth to our weekly Torah reading. Simply speaking, Tubishvat is a technical festival. I have all my produce. I need to know how do I take Misa and Truma? How do I apportion it? Where is the cutoff date? So, Tubishvat is a cutoff date. Everything before Tubishvat, that's considered last year's crop. Everything after Tubishvat, that's considered this year's crop. It's technical. But there is a lot of depth and a lot of comparison with man being a tree and what the fruits represent. So with that, let's also go a little bit deeper. There is a Kabbalistic Seder for Tubishvat, and it seems that more and more people are doing it where you have all the fruits and you start tasting them, but there's an order to eating the fruits. You see some fruits, they have hard shells. Some fruits have stones on the inside, and other fruits, you can eat the whole thing. When you have a shell, it's called a clipper. And the concept is that sometimes when you have the fruit, the thing that you want, it's protected by something bad on the outside. That when you look at things in life which seem bad, ultimately it's all for the good. And the Kabbalistic concept is a clipper shmira lepri. When you have the shell, is there to protect the fruit. Without it, it will get damaged. You need this outer layer. You need the shell. There's another type of clipper that's referred to by the Kabbalists. And that is at some time we have calipus, we have shells which surround our heart. We want to be able to get to our heart, my emotions, but sometimes I just can't. And we want to be able to remove the clippers, remove the barriers, and ultimately get to the heart. Now, one of the things that I found after studying with Tesla after many years is that almost any question you have, the answer is chesed. And the only question is, is how is that a chesed? Is there any way that we could even say that having this shell not allowing me to access my heart is somehow a shmira, the pre, that somehow having a clipper is actually a chesed and it's good to have the shell that I can't access my heart. Is that possible? And Mavdessa says, yes, it is. When a person does something wrong the first time, they feel guilty. They feel terrible. They have a cold sweat and they're shaking. And it's like, I can't believe I did something so terrible. That, as we've mentioned in previous podcasts, is a chesed from Hashem. If you feel guilty about something, it means you have a one-to-one with God. You should celebrate. Any time that you have Jewish guilt, celebrate. It means you're alive. You're having a one-to-one with God, and he's telling you, don't do it. I want you to feel how bad it is, and I start feeling guilt. Now, what happens if I ignore that guilt? If I don't change my ways, then you know what? If you do the Aveira again, you may feel guilty again, but not as bad as the first time. And you do it again and again and again. And then, as we're told in Chazal, it's Nasa Keheta. It's as if it's not a problem at all. And you carry on with it. It's Nasa Kemitzvah. And it makes you feel like, no, what I'm doing actually is a mitzvah. No, I have to speak badly about someone. It's a mitzvah for me to tell everyone about how terrible this person is. How can it be not so? Why doesn't Hashem... Just tell me again and again and again not to do it. Why does the guilt go? Why can't Hashem keep the guilt? And the answer is because it's not in my best interest to feel guilty continuously. Two reasons. Reason number one, if you feel guilty and you get to the next world, you can't say to Hashem, I never knew this was wrong. Yes, you did. 
I, I, I showed you how bad it was. You felt guilty. And therefore, when you feel guilt, there's no mitigation. You are responsible. If a person is not ready to hear the truth, Hashem says, I'll take away the truth. Never, but I'll take away the truth. And that gives us mitigation. And therefore, it could be, in certain circumstances, it's actually better for me to not have access to my true heart. I'm not ready to handle the truth. That's point number one. Chesed number two goes deeper. A person is always given a Yetzirah. We're here in this world in order to be able to battle, in order that I can earn my own existence, and therefore I won't be a charity case, so to speak, in the next world. So wherever level I'm on, I'm always going to have a battle. Now, there are two leagues of battling. Lower league is a battle between you and the body. Higher league is more of a spiritual battle. Once you graduate from League 1, you can move to League 2. If you don't graduate from League 1, you just stay with League 1. We have a physical body with physical drives, and I'm drawn towards physicality. But I have to be able to trump that. Am I able to beat my bodily drives and my ego to, to focus on the soul? That is battle number one. If a person ultimately conquers that, then they're given a greater, harder battle. And that is something called a Ruach Hatumah. It's a spiritual Yetzirah, not coming because the body desires anything, but it's a desire to rebel. I know the truth. I know what's right and what's wrong, but I just want to rebel. When you're in the second league, the stakes are much higher. If you fail against the body, it's bad. But it's nowhere near as bad as failing in the second league, the higher league. You see, in the higher league, you know the truth. You know that you should not do this, but still there's this huge desire, do it anyway. Rebel. Fight. So if a person makes a mistake and gives into their bodily drives, okay, fine, so you're weak. It's called a mumma leteavon. But if a person knows the truth, they know they should not do this, and yet the desire says, fight it either way, do what's wrong because it's wrong, go on. Rebel! Rebelling is that much worse. This is what we call a mumma lahachis. Someone who's doing things wrong just in order to anger Hashem. If we're not ready for League 2, then we should not be given tests which are in League 2. And with this, we can now see deeper to what we said earlier. Is it in my best interest to have the truth or not? Well, if I'm not living with the truth, my heart is Metamtem, it's blocked, it's got a clipper, it's got a shell on the outside, and I can't access my heart. Then when I do something wrong, I'm giving in to my bodily desires. But let's say I have full access to my heart. Every single time I'm doing something wrong, I realize how terrible it is. I'm still going to have a battle. I'm still going to have a Yetzirah. But the only Yetzirah that's feasible at this moment of time is, I know it's the truth and I don't care. It is the Yetzirah of rebellion. And that is a very dangerous Yetzirah to have. In this circumstance, it is better for your heart to be blocked and for you not to be fighting with the truth, but rather be in the dark and not know the truth. Hashem promises regarding the survival of the Jewish people, Lo ma'astim l'chalosam. I'm not going to let you go so low as to destroy you. And so too this concept applies to the individual. I will let you have access to your heart when you're ready for it. When you're ready to be in touch with your emotions and you'll use your emotions appropriately, 
then I'll give you access to it. Go ahead, use it. But if you're not ready for these emotions, if you're not ready to take that Jewish guilt and use it to propel you forward, then you know what? I'm going to block your emotions with the thing called habit. Why? Because I love you. How incredible it is that when we create something bad and we create this blockage, even the blockage is Hashem's way of doing a chesed for us. Please God, this Tubishvat, we should be able to peel the outer clippers of our heart, like peeling off the orange peel and be able to access our fruit. And we can only do that when we're ready. Happy Tubishvat. <laughs>